If you could say the words home sweet home, what would make that statement true to you? And how would you go about setting it up so that it would really happen? Hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Gabe Kolstad, and I'm with Westside Community Church. You're here with us for the Midweek Motivation Podcast, which is a follow-up from our weekend teachings. We happen to be in a series here at Westside on our weekend services talking about modern love, all aspects of love and sexuality and how we can flourish in it. And this last weekend, we talked about love that lasts. Today, we're going to look at uh, some content actually that I recorded with my wife earlier through another podcast we do called Marriage Monthly. In fact, you can catch that and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. But I want you to dive in with Melissa and I on a subject called Four Steps to a Sweeter Home. Take a listen. Thanks for joining us for the fourth episode of Marriage Monthly. This is our chance to really just share our our joy and experience in building a marriage that we still like to this day. I'm really having a fun time doing this with you. And uh, we're going to be talking today in this episode about home sweet home. How do you build a home that's sweet? We all want that kind of environment. In fact, uh, I was listening to this song the other day. I'm sort of a sap when it comes to songs. And it was Michael Bublé's song, Home. It goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. Um, But it says, another summer day has come and gone away in Paris and in Rome, but I want to go home. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, uh, maybe surrounded by a million people, I still feel alone. Just want to go home. Oh, I miss you. You know, let me go home. I'm just too far from where you are. I want to come home. And I love the, I love the sappiness of that song. I love the emotion of feeling like I want to be at home. Oh yeah. I remember so much being in Missouri for my first two years of college. We're out in Springfield, Missouri. And I remember coming home for Christmas break and summer break and just relieved. Oh, I'm back home. Like, I just like, like the weather. I like the culture. I liked everything about Portland. I mean, no offense to Missouri, but I was so happy to be home. I had my comfy bed, my spot on the couch, my, my food that I had access to all the time. Cause when you're in dorms, it's a whole different Different ballgame. Yeah. A whole different ballgame. I mean, there was a million things I loved about coming home. And then I was thinking about those uh, sappy commercials of the military men and women coming home they get me every time I cry and I'm not a crier, but every time I see these military people coming home and they embrace their kids and they have been on leave or they've been, you know, out working in the field for a year, two years, and they come home and see their children for the first time. Oh, there's something about home, sweet home. It matters. So we have four things we're going to talk about today. And the first thing we're going to talk about is that home is sweet when it's welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about the whole topic of a home being welcoming and what that means to me. And to me, it you feel like you're taken care of when you're at home. You just relax, come in, chill out. It's like just a welcoming place. You walk in, you are who you are. You don't have to pretend, you know, there's so much to it. And so um, I just love that thought of a welcoming atmosphere. I love a uh, cozy, warm house. I like a picked up house. I'm going to get super practical in the welcoming department. I'm <laughs> going to go good. there. I seriously, I well, I think there. you should, because I feel yeah. like our home has always been very welcoming and it's been for me like a respite, like a, if I, if I'm tired, if I'm worn out, I just, I feel like when I go home, I get recharged and it's a, yeah. it's a place I want to go. Yeah. Um, it's not a disorganized, no, messy house. Yeah. You walk in and you have a project every way, everywhere you look and you're like, Oh, I don't even want to be here right now. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, like a welcoming home is so much different than that. It's just like really thinking practically about how to make your home comfortable. The Bible talks about showing hospitality and being ready to show hospitality. That's Romans 12, 13 says, be ready to practice hospitality. 
we should be ready for someone to walk in our door that doesn't already live there and you would not be embarrassed. That's the key. <laughs> it's not being, it's funny. Our son, Dawson, is a traveling musician and there has been times where he has texted me and been like, thank God that you have a clean and organized house, mom. <laughs> I can tell you he's probably stayed in some really sketchy places. So I'm glad that he feels that way. It makes me so happy and it makes me feel like, you know, we're doing a good job making our home a place that's welcoming. When you walk in, you can just take a sigh, you know, relief. I love that. And some practical things. I'll just give you my main tip is inch by inch, everything's a cinch. That's my favorite thing that I do in our house. And that's how I keep my house organized and welcoming. And I'll, I'm going to get super practical here. Um, when we make a meal, we clean up the dishes right after that meal. We don't stack up our dishes. You know, um, when I get out of bed in the morning, first thing I do is I make my bed. I want my room to be clean and making your bed is half the battle, right? Yeah. Um, doing laundry. I try to do laundry every couple of days, stay on top of that. And when I'm done with a load of laundry, I actually fold it and put it away right then and there. I don't keep the whole, you know, piles of it on the, on the couches, which I know a lot of people do. Don't do that. It's just stresses me out when I walk into someone's home and I see laundry everywhere. I just want to start folding like crazy, <laughs> putting socks together, doing matching socks. Yeah. I just can't help myself. Um, but yeah, just doing, staying on top of things little by little, inch by inch, everything's a cinch and that stuff mounds up and you are so stressed out. It's like, no, I want my family to want to come home and that's where they feel relaxed and just ready to recharge. And so that really matters to me. So I think it's so interesting yeah. because when, when I think of the word welcoming, it almost like for me, I think of attitude, mm. um, like an attitude of welcoming, but you're talking about the discipline behind creating like atmosphere yeah, to me atmosphere, because yeah. that creates the attitude. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you have a, a kind of a clean, organized at atmosphere, mm -hmm. then you can actually just breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't breathe in a chaotic mess. I just can't relax. I can't feel, um, at home. I can't feel, you know, I just want to feel relaxed and taken care of and cared for. And I feel like that in an organized place. So my, that's my tip is having a welcome place is kind of like, keep it together. Men and women work together. Yeah. And I, and I agree. <laughs> and I think that that's one thing that Melissa has brought to our marriage is just like, Hey team, let's keep this place welcoming. And yeah. so, you know, we've all got like our little assignments and, and I think we do a pretty good job of marching together yeah. and, you know, keeping it that way. So yeah, for sure. Good. All right. What's number two? Number two, uplifting. If we want to have home sweet, sweet home, it's got to feel like, again, we want to be there. We want to be uplifted. We want to be encouraged. And so that idea mm -hmm. is that we want to be uplifted. I love Maya Angelou's thought. She said at the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did. They'll remember how you made them feel. Right. So a couple of aspects to this uplifting home is tone, that the tone of our home should be uplifting. And a lot of times what I've found is our tone is reflected in our art. So sometimes we, we don't really think about like, well, what do we want our house to say? You know, what do we want our house to say? What does the art say that's in our home? Sometimes you see those like cool sayings that mean that they're not just random stuff. We found at like some discount store, but like we, we like them. They, they reflect yeah. us, our tone, our attitude, our message, our core message. And I think that's really um, an interesting thing is like, think about what is our home saying right now? Is the tone uplifting? Uh, another thing that I often think of is like, what if a balloon was just to f was just to kind of wander into our home? Um, <laughs> would the tone of our home bring it up or bring it down? And if we think about our family and and our spouse being like that, like they're going to float in. Do we want them to float higher? Do we want them to sink? You know, because we can set that tone. And so the tone is really important. Uh, I think a second aspect of this is our words. Words are just thoughts, and our words 
really need to build up. Uh, Paul, the apostle, says this in Ephesians 4. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So it's almost like breathing life into the people in our families. Every single word we we say has an impact, whether for good or for bad, for up or for down. And it is our responsibility to shepherd, to nurture, to care for, to take ownership of um, the well-being of the people that God has placed in our family. And we can really do that with words almost more than anything else. So yeah. it's the it's the tone, it's the words. And then uh, the third thing that I find in this is, is our standards. Really, is, is, our, is our home uplifting or not? And a lot of times it's our standards or our values. You might think of it as your values. I mean, the, the question is like, what do we expect of ourselves? And... Is that written down somewhere? Mm-hmm. And that's a really important thing. Is like, do have we ever, as a family, as a couple, sat down and said, "Here's what matters to us. Here's what's going to guide our behavior, and here's what we're committing to for one another." I remember, and we tell the story a lot. We probably told it here somewhere, but uh, one time in our family, things had gotten kind of chaotic, oh, yeah. and the kids were young. It felt like, my gosh, it felt like out Everybody's of control. Everybody's fighting. Yeah, like, it was one of those seasons, and <laughs> and we just knew we had to figure it out. So right. we uh, sat down with the kids in the back room, made it fun got some desserts and it was a great night, but it was a values building night. We asked the kids, what do you want in life? What do we want? We started talking about that and we we crafted our five family values. Yeah. Yeah. And that was our standards for one another. You know, love God was number one, love each other, do your part, learn and grow, learn and grow and have fun. Those were our (laughs) five family values, really important for us. And so that that's the uplifting piece of is our home going to be sweet? Yeah. If it's welcoming, if it's uplifting. Number three. Number three is peaceful. Home sweet home is that when it is peaceful. And this is really hard and uplifting. I mean, it's like you want to have that tone and same with the peaceful. You want to have that tone, that peaceful tone. You go into some homes and it feels chaotic. Mm -hmm. It feels stressed out. You can tell there's tension and I don't want my home to feel like that. I want my home to feel peaceful. This is a funny scripture that we found. It's called, it's on Proverbs, it's in Proverbs 17, one. It says, better a, cru- a dry crust in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. Yeah. So kind of like I look at that, I'm like, less is more sometimes. Yeah. You know, you can have a feast, but you can have chaos. Um, more isn't always great. You know, it seems like the more you have, the more trouble you have, right? It's like, Think about that. The more you have, the more bills you have, the more chaos comes, the more you have to work, the more the cycle goes and it gets crazy. And then before you know it, the peace is leaving your home because you have no control anymore. It's just stressful. Um, I love to think back to our college days and our early, our early marriage days and be pre-kids. And we have three amazing kids, but thinking about life before them was so simple. <laughs> like think was, about that. Yeah. We had no money. We lived in the trashiest, like, apartment over oh, on the east side. I remember that couch, <laughs> our first hand-me-down couch. It was oh, so pathetic. It was supposed to be white, <laughs> but it was a light tan because <laughs> light it was tan. so dirty. <laughs> it was so gross. But I think about those times, and I just think, wow, it was such a special time. Like, it wasn't stressful because we didn't have anything. I mean, and we wanted more. And I know that's like the American dream. I want more. I want more. I mean, you think, oh, if I have some property, if I have an RV, if I have a boat, if I, you know, set myself up for retirement, if I have, if I have, I have, have, that doesn't always work. That doesn't bring peace. A lot of times more brings so much more stress and so much more chaos to your, to your family. And so I'm not saying be poor and don't have anything, but, uh, but 
having a peaceful house, I think is so much more important than just having so much. I mean, um, thinking about what makes peace, I think is just, uh, loving better and like serving, being selfless. I mean, to me, when you love better, like Gabe was talking about the tone, it's so important to honor your spouse with the way you speak to each other. I mean, I can't believe how some people speak to each other. It's like honor each other with how you speak. I mean, our tongues are can be a weapon. And I think it's really important to use it as loving and kind as we can. And so love better, treat them good. That Ephesians 4.29 is so, such a good verse. And I love it. And then being selfless, I think, is another hugely important thing. I think, I think back to when I had little kids and I would cut up all their food and I would monitor everything they did and everywhere they went. And, and they were always on my mind. And now they're much older and they can pretty much take care of themselves. But I was thinking about one day when I, we were at a nice dinner and we had bought steak and we never get nice steak. Nice dinner. It was like, just above Taco Bell. Yeah. No, it was steak. Okay. And steak's kind of nice. Yeah. So we have these steaks there. <laughs> and I grab Gabe's plate and I start cutting his meat into little tiny bites because I always <laughs> did that for the kids, especially my Caleb, because he always choked on I steak. I just let her do it. And so she's still doing it. He, <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> I cut the meat up and I hand it back to Gabe. And I was so like, did I just do that? <laughs> it was such a weird moment. But I started thinking how... I want to do that. Like, I want to put him first. I want to meet his needs. I want to serve him. I want to be like selfless and just uh, learning to do that brings peace. I think, I mean, the better I treat him, the better he treats mm-hmm. me in this awesome cycle that we get into. It's a good cycle of serving that and loving great. each other. And, and it just brings peace and it brings calmness to the atmosphere in your home. And that's what we want is just a peaceful home. I, I want to continue to honor him and treat him and care for him and just take care of him. And he does the same back yeah. to me. And that brings so much. Yeah, it's peace, kind of an addictive right? cycle in a really good way. In a really good, yeah. good way. Yeah. And some tips for parents with young ones, man, kids can rule the roost, can't they? I mean, they take over like that and they can make the atmosphere so stressful sometimes. And so a couple things, you control the tone of your home and make sure and uh, make the, sure they know that your spouse is number one. That gives them confidence and security. So it's not a bad thing to know that we're first in our relationship. Also, put your kids in one activity at a time. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. we have done the two, three activities per kid with three kids. Nightmare. It's a nightmare. And then you have no control of your schedule, and that brings chaos. And you lose complete. You lose all the peace because you're just running, 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 and it's too stressful. Do that. And then with your homeschool and the kids right now, kind of the distance learning thing help manage that, but also make each other a priority. Don't get lost in the shuffle during this time as we're trying to manage our children's education too. try to stay on top of that. That's really, really important. Pick a date night, do something like that. But, and also lastly, make sure your home is a no yelling zone. Mm, Don't allow yelling. Oh, that's the number one way to lose peace in your home is when you start screaming at each other because you can't process or you're insecure. You had an expectation that didn't get met talk it out. No need to scream at each other and bring the chaos into the home. So those are my tips for having a peaceful house. Number four. Okay. Last one. We want a home that's sweet home. We're going to do that by making it welcoming, uplifting, peaceful, and lastly, loving. Uh, Loving is so, so important. And we know love can't can't be assumed. Mm -hmm. It has to be expressed. It has to be demonstrated. It has to be felt in order to be legitimate. I mean, it's not real if you don't feel it. And uh, we need to make sure that those in our life do that. Now, question for you, you're just kind of listening in or watching, how did you experience love as a child? Because that probably has something to do with the quality of your marriage right now. Uh, Because uh, many of you 
maybe, you know, in fact, think about this for a second. How many of you raise your hand if you had first Corinthians 13 read at your wedding? I mean, most, a lot of weddings, right? Especially if you're in a faith wedding or a church wedding, probably going to have that, that passage from the new Testament it goes like this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, always endures through every circumstance. I mean, what a great summary of love. And I think my question about how did you experience love as a kid is that whatever that was, is probably continued on into your adulthood. And if you're not experiencing love in that same way, you probably feel a little empty. Mm -hmm. And as a spouse, as a husband to my wife, or as a wife to your husband, it is actually my responsibility to figure out how did you experience love as a kid? What is your love language? Everybody's probably heard of the five love languages. Brilliant concept. And um, super helpful in marriage. Um, One of the things that I think we've got to do is not only, well, I'll, I'll rattle off the five love languages in case this is a new concept or just for review, but it's um, words of affirmation. That's one of the love languages. Uh, acts of service is one. Quality time is one. Physical touch is one. And then gifts is one. So those five ways primarily that people feel loved. And uh, it's funny because whatever your thing was when you were growing up as a kid, you know, uh, is no guarantee that that's the other person's, but generally we all try to express love in the way that we receive it. (laughs) Yeah. So I might touch my wife a lot, uh, because that's how I've received love. Um, you know, and, and that makes me feel loved. Um, and she might be like, that's enough of that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> too much, too much. Um, you know, and she's going to be like, have, wh- what have you done? You know, vacuum the floor lately yeah, or anything like that? Did you do the like dishes, Because uh, I'm access service. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, knowing that, but that's my responsibility. And a lot of times as a married couple, what I do is I, I just go off speaking my language thinking that she's going to hear it. Right. And it might, I'm, I'm practically speaking Aramaic and or Arabic <laughs> and she's speaking Japanese and, you know, they're not meeting, but we got to figure that out. So a couple of things that I want to encourage you about on this loved one is to speak it, speak their language. Um, and you know, this is like for, uh, for us as a couple, um, one way I feel love is like if we go on a long car ride and Melissa just puts her hand up on the back of my neck, I don't know oh, why I always like that time. so much. He like almost falls asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we gotta be careful <laughs> about that because I might fall asleep at the wheel. But the, the thing is, that's kind of a, a win-win because it's time together, which is one of Melissa's love languages. And it's conversation, which we both like. And then Touch. if she's got her hand on my neck, I'm like, this is golden. You know, that's, that's really good stuff. I remember when I was a kid and I always looked forward to my grandma coming over to our house. My grandma, Floretta Flo, she was amazing. And she had the best fingernails. And so I would like be like two weeks before my grandma's coming. I'm like, oh yes, grandma's going to tickle my arms. I just knew it. She's going to tickle my arms and that's going to be the highlight. So she comes in the house, you know, and she barely could put her stuff down from a trip coming to her house. And I'm just like, grandma, you know, like tickle my arms, you know, uh, but like that's that we all have those things. And if we could learn those about each other and then provide those for each other, that's a really important thing. Right. Uh, another thing is show and tell. In other words, um, we got to show them, uh, what, what, you know, that we can love them and we got to do that in a way that's really important. We got to tell them what we need. And this is really important. It's something that Melissa has done so well in our marriage. I do not read minds very well. Nobody does. Nobody does. Right. 
least of all me. But Melissa has been very direct about, here's what I want for my birthday. <laughs> this is like <laughs> awesome. In fact, if you're married, I want to encourage you, do this. Tell your spouse what you want for your birthday. They don't want to guess. They don't want to get it wrong. But I love that. And we got to do the same thing with our love languages. This is what would be meaningful for me. Um, and I think another thing about all of this is just in the big picture of love, the biggest thing that gets in the way is unforgiveness. Mm. And we've got to be willing to extend forgiveness. Uh, when something goes wrong, some, sometimes what's holding us back it, from showing love is there's a bump in the road that we haven't forgot about. We haven't forgiven. We haven't dealt with that. And um, it can absolutely hinder our marriage. It can keep us from having home sweet home. It can, again, be one of those things you want to avoid home because there's a person there that did something that you still haven't forgiven. Honestly, in that situation, it's not their fault. It's yours. And the responsibility is on you to go deal with this yeah. with God. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that forgiveness is not the same thing as trust rebuilding. Uh, we could talk about that on another day. But forgiveness is your responsibility before God to go, I'm going to let this go mm. and uh, and do what God has told me to do. Love my spouse with my whole heart right. so that um, we can... We can be together in a home, sweet yes, home. That's for sure. So those are the four things. We want to be have a welcoming home, an uplifting home, a peaceful home, and a loving home. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Midweek Motivation with Westside Community Church. I hope it was helpful, and I want to ask you just to do two quick things. One would be subscribe and share, and if you could do that with a few people, that'd be amazing because we know that there are so many people around our community and around the world that just need to hear something true and honest and positive in this moment in history. And the second thing would be, I'd love for you to stop by a Westside service some Sunday, maybe even this Sunday, where you can do that online or on site. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com, and we will be looking for you this weekend.